Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams, brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Well, welcome back to Boating Insights. I'm Neil Driscoll, and today I'm um, going to share some thoughts with you to help build your confidence around interpreting vessels and marks um, at night. Now, um, look, I'll just give you a little bit of backstory for this. We've been um, working tirelessly. uh, I was going to say not tirelessly, but it's uh, it's been a five-year marathon, and we're just finishing the the checks on our Yachtmaster uh, online course for everyone at the moment. And the, um, the thing that... I've been focusing on most recently it's the uh, the rules of the road section it's um it's an interesting one and what happens is um depending at what point you kind of step in and out of training assuming you do any then uh, you probably become aware that there are a whole uh, series of light shape sounds rules um generally required uh, under a, a set of rules called the International Regulations for Prevention of Collisions at Sea, sometimes deemed the uh, International Regulations for Prevention of Cruelty to Ships, but um, they kind of, they cover everything, um, as you would hope, uh, and and leave it, uh, or space within the regulations for um, local rules to be put in place. But uh, within these, there are um, certain vessel characteristics of lights. For, let, let's go with lights to start with as we're doing nighttime. So um, lights that you might carry on a vessel that's over 12 metres or sailing or under power or towing and dredging. And, you know, they can get quite uh, obscure, you know, a far, fast moving vessel or a, a, a vessel underway um, doing... Uh, that's restricted in its ability to manoeuvre. Um, the reason I mention this for today is because there are um, there are different levels that you might need to get to. At one end is um, you know the basic compliance with the rules of the road, which is a, a responsibility of everyone that goes to sea of uh, you know keeping uh, a lookout by all available means, including sight and sound. We'll look at that more later but um that then goes through you do something for example like the um uh, essential navigation and seamanship course and we'd start introducing things like power gives way to sail overtaking boat keeps clear port and starboard windward leeward that's pretty much it um then you move into day skipper and um you know it's a reinforcement of those understandings but then also you know a deeper understanding of things like narrow channels and um, identifying day shapes and an awareness of the uh, the fact that the lights exist. And then you move into the uh, coastal skipper and uh, yacht master offshore shore-based. And then there's now, of the three papers at the end of the course, there's actually a dedicated exam. Uh, now, to give this some context, so the exam is for... The, the course is 40 hours uh plus exams which is another uh, four to five hours and the allocated time in the syllabus for the rules of the road is um an hour for teaching uh, and then there is an assessment paper where you need to get an 80 percent pass mark to uh to pass the course 
and you know that's still a pretty good good result you know I've helped hundreds of people go through this and I think everyone gets that result and you know the all those tricky lights and shapes and sounds and rules and um and everyone's normally pretty happy that they've they've passed it you then step up again though and look at uh, doing a practical exam for either a yacht master coastal uh, or a yacht master offshore practical examination and it's very clear uh, for either of those that you're expected to have a 100% working knowledge of the rules of the road with t- the exception of two annexes that cover the detail very very detailed parts of um, like decibels of sound signals and um, you know specific distances of lights and things but everything else you're supposed to have 100% working knowledge now I mention this because if your goal is to um, charter boats in the Mediterranean every few years, um, then you probably don't need to take your identification skills knowledge all the way up to being able to pass a practical Yachtmaster offshore exam for rules of the road. In fact, I would almost say it's probably not a great use of your time unless it was just something that you're interested in. Um, likewise, the other way, you know, I've had many conversations where you know people like the idea of getting a, a yacht master, um, maybe not to use commercially, but just to achieve it. And it's like, well, look, you are, you're going to have to do some learning. Um, now, the that's your backstory to try and understand, you know, at different levels, what you might need and why why it might be helpful. What I want to help you with today, though, is thinking about when you're kind of stepping up. So the level of um, experience and confidence I'm looking at today is you're a very, very happy uh, local explorer. Um, you're not stressed if you go out at night, but you certainly wouldn't want to go into anywhere that you've never been to before in the dark. Um and you generally try and plan trips so that you avoid being out in the dark if you can. Now, at this point, what I'd normally find is that with some kind of structured work, it's amazing how quickly your confidence can uh, increase. And, you know, I actually now find being out in the dark more fun um, than being out um, in daylight sometimes because you get the, you know, get a whole harbour to yourself. And if you know what you're looking at, as long as you can see things, um, then it's actually, you know, it's quite a rewarding experience. I should mention at this point that, you know, we would always advise, if possible, that you're entering places that you're not familiar with in daylight, just to give yourself every possible chance of uh, getting in safely. Uh, many very experienced seamen uh, and women will um, actually adjust their kind of sailing speed uh on their way into somewhere to try and get there after the sun's risen in the morning um so that they can come in in daylight so there's that's that's not being coward that's um just making seamen like decisions however it can be a bit overwhelming i find you know when you're first learning particularly identifying vessels because as soon as you start identifying them even at day skipper level the syllabus immediately is making you aware of um, uh, vessels restricting ability to manoeuvre and not under command and constrained by the draft and uh, giving you, you know, a difference between fishing and trawling and power and sail and bigger boats and smaller boats and towing and, and the day shapes and the sound signals. And it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. And what I want to pull back with you today is that I've found 
you know, it's it's highly achievable to be able to learn all of those. They are kind of just rote learning to a certain degree, but the um, and you know, there's tricks for them which we we run you through in 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 the courses. But the the thing I really want you to be able to do is to look at a boat and know what you're looking at and yeah great if you can tell me the difference between you know a vessel constrained by their draft and restricted in their ability to maneuver but at the beginning i'm just super happy if you can make sure that you're looking at a boat and it's not land and that you're you're picking out vessels in amongst background lights and you're not confusing boats with markers and uh and then that kind of goes on a bit further to which way they're going um and ideally being able to, you know, use the uh, or interpret the aspects of the boat that you you can see red, green combinations of, etc. to work out what they are, which way they're going. And at least if they're, a, you know, a minimum if they're a boat against a chartered object or land or that you haven't seen them at all. Um, that then goes on the next stage is understanding what you um, what you should do. So... Um, are you the stand on vessel? Are you the give way vessel? Is your giving way potentially going to um, increase the chances of a collision with somebody else? There is no substitute for getting out and putting these things into practice. Getting out about an hour before sunset, um, so you kind of familiarize yourself, leave the sails away, um, and just find some quiet space. Um, you know, you don't even have to be traveling, you can just get onto a mooring buoy or anchor somewhere out of busy areas and you know just identify boats and just get used to it and watching people do this in an hour their world changes and doing it two or three times is a massive massive game changer and a an almost compulsory step if you plan to start doing east coast exploring and blue water uh, skippering in time um now I'll come back to something I was talking about earlier. So I said about sight, sound, and all available means. So some of the other ones there would be particularly AIS and radar. Now, I can assure you, any of you that have got chart plotters in the uh, in the cockpits of your boat or you're using iPads or whatever, um, it's an incredibly easy thing to drive into a boat or a rock whilst looking at the screen trying to find something. So... Your most critical lookout tool is your eyeball because there are many things that might not show up on a screen such as tree trunks or unmarked vessels, unlit boys. I could go on and on. But um, but make sure that you're not distracted by the screen. It should be an additional aid to navigation. Um, things that you'll be very glad about before it gets dark that you know how to do are uh, control the um, the light level or you know get between night mode and um night mode and day mode on a chart plotter uh that you easily understand how to um interrogate something so what that means is click on it and find out what's going on um decide what your kind of preference is for uh the display mode i i personally uh i'm a bit old school so i prefer north up all the time um Many people, uh, particularly on motor cruisers, totally get it. They, they like to be on head up. So what you look at is what you've got. It's a preference thing. It's just head, head up for those of you that don't know, sorry, would mean that you're, as the boat turns, that's what the what 
you are seeing on the screen is the um, way the boat is pointing, opposed to course up, which is the way the boat is traveling. Uh, if you were in a non-tidal region, then the two should be the same. Um, but making sure this is all things that you're you're totally on top of. Um, and radar, um, you know, there's entire chapters of collision avoidance books that are dedicated to the title or variation of the title, Collision by Radar or Death by Radar. Uh, it's a real thing. Um, there are many, many... Uh, yachts that have gone into the side of ships uh, that were looking at a radar um, and completely lost what was going on around them. Um, so remember, if you're using these aids, don't just assume, oh, that's cool, I ticked the box for, a for AIS and radar, I've got this covered. Like, You need to know how to use them, you need to know how to make decisions based around what you're looking at, and you at all times need to know which way you'd be turning your boat to avoid collisions. The sailors amongst you probably see why I'm recommending that you build this confidence without having to worry about the sailors as well. Um, and uh, for everyone, but particularly the motorboats, I just want to remind you um, one of the factors for determining a safe speed within the rules of the road is the uh, the background lighting. So making sure that you're not caning it around flat out in the dark because you can see where you are on the chart product because you could, you could potentially run someone down. Now... Um, coming back to the sight and sound, this is quite a tricky one. You know, depending where you go around the world, many, many places, even, um, you know, it's not, not limited to uh, when you get to the remote corners of the world, even in um, uh, just here in Australia, it's um, pretty remarkable to see a, a fishing or trawling vessel that's actually displaying the correct lights as per the rules of the road um there's many a yacht club bar riddled with stories of trawler skippers that turn the lights off so that their uh, fellow trawlers don't see them and turn off the ais for the same reason whether it's true or not who knows but the the concept is pretty solid and um and that is that you just because you look at the book or the the course and you might see that someone's got you know one white light one red light um whatever it is um odds are a lot of active working vessels will have a huge amount of deck lights on as well so it's almost not impossible but you need a very decent uh kind of look and trained eye to be able to identify often the um the lights that are there as per the coal regs in in addition to all the deck lights that you're looking at uh something which i don't think i can emphasize strongly enough is your ability to make yourself seen by other vessels so um, one to start with, you know, it's a yacht, it's a really decent spotlight that you can actually use to illuminate if your sails are up. Um, the quickest way to make yourself visible is, you know, you start doing triangles up the mast, down the leech and along the boom. Sails are down, just start going over the rig. Uh, keep it moving. It's um, often someone that I didn't think had seen me, I do that and then they take avoiding action. Uh, being able to identify someone on the AIS uh, if you've got DSC, being able to call them, making yourself seen, um, you know, being able to, if you've got AIS and you can't transmit, then um, that's a, probably something you just want to give some thought to because it's quite nice if, as well as being able to see ships coming down on you if, if, they, if you know that they can actually see you and you're not relying on someone looking out and trying to find that little green light on your, uh, on your mast. Um. And then, you know, potentially having things like white uh, white flares it gets quite extreme by the time you get to a white handheld flare. But, you know, it's 
not a bad idea to have something uh, available. Um, and also just having a plan, even if you are the stand-on vessel, for what you will do to avoid a collision. So the, the, the bigger picture here is if you start this by going out in areas that you're familiar, even if you just moor up, have dinner, and watch the boats go by, so you start building confidence, getting used to your uh, technology that you might have on the boat, instrumentation, etc., then you can layer it up a bit more by rather than being moored, you can actually be motoring around so you're taking your own collision avoidance and um, making sure you're happy you're displaying the correct nav lights, etc. This then builds to um, being in a scenario that by the time you are an East Coast explorer or a blue water skipper, that you are confident to, to make decisions about what you're looking at. Because what happens once you leave the harbour and you go out to sea is you might not have... Um, an avoidance to deal with for a number of hours but when you do have one to deal with it will often happen quite quickly and um, you know doing the wrong thing might not work out too well so I could encourage you to practice this uh, identify where you are and obviously even if you are feeling that you're very comfortable as a skipper um, when you get into busy areas or if something happens to you, you need to make sure that you've brought your crew on as well. Um, all of our e-learning courses from the RYA side, so Essential Navigation Seamanship, the Day Skipper and the Coastal Skipper Yachtmaster Shore Based are all designed to kind of take you to whatever the appropriate level is for your knowledge in that. And um, I hope this has been helpful. Thanks.